Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. words we have talked about to this point previously various commandments the last one was thou shalt not steal that commandment establishes the ownership of property as very special with God that we are to have property that we have a hundred percent control over and that command thou shalt not steal is the basis uh, for that, <clears throat> that's the protection of our property that is ours, whatever it is, whether it's horses or donkeys or money, whatever it is, if, if you have a, uh, a moral access to that and have gained it morally, then you ought to have 100% control of that property And so God puts in that provision of protection, thou shalt not steal that which belongs to another that is under their control. We have to start that with little kids all the way up. So they know that if of the siblings, one of them has something that is theirs, it's not the other one to take it away. They have to realize and learn early the property aspect of life. Now, this one in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16, this one establishes the value and the ownership of your words. Not of property, but of your words. Look at uh, the text in Exodus chapter 20, reading it from the old law. <clears throat> and then we'll show where it is a, applicable or applicable to 
the new law as well, in the new covenant. But this one says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. There are some key words in here, and that word bear means to assert with authority a false case that you have conjured up in your own thinking based on inaccurate evidence or artificial made-up knowledge or incomplete information, partial information. It means that you are asserting something against someone built on evidence that's not all together. We have to learn early in life the value of words, and that's another thing that parents are to teach their children. But let's go to the book of James to begin this series. Hebrews, James. James chapter 3. And we're going to be talking about who is your neighbor as well. I don't know where we'll get to today, but in James chapter 3 and verse 1, he talks about the tongue. We have to take ownership of our words. Learning the value of words, what they are going to do, what their value is, what effect they're going to have, And in our text specifically, when we have that opportunity to stand up for or against someone who we are next to or near to, that has to do with who they are or what they've done or what we think they ought to have done or whatever. So it's a vital, it's something we do do. He's not talking about a court situation here necessarily, but it could be that. He's talking about how we deal with one another, how we come at somebody. So let's begin with James chapter 3, verse 1. Let not many of you become teachers. I'm done. Sit down and go home. let not many of you all become teachers. My brethren, knowing that as such, we will incur a stricter judgment. I don't like that part of this thing. Because God's going to hold you responsible for what you've said. And if 500 denominations in in America alone, everybody says the same different things, somebody's got to be in trouble. Huh? Everybody's got a different message. We can all be wrong, but we can't all be right. Not if we're not saying the same thing. So, folks, we need to get on track with the Scriptures. Stay on that track. 
no matter how popular or unpopular it is, because that's the track that we're going to be judged by. So you're going to be judged according to how you've stayed on track with what's true. Don't be swayed away from it. But then he goes on to explain more of what he's talking about. Verse 2, chapter 3, the book of James. For we all stumble in many ways. Anyone want to discredit that statement? And when you stumble, you usually have something wrong. I do a lot of hiking when I'm up in the north country. When I'm in Canada, we do miles and miles hiking, even this year. <clears throat> when I was kind of puny, we still hiked for miles. <clears throat> Some of it rough territory with signs, warning, warning, people die on this trail. Oh, that's just a challenge, isn't it? <clears throat> so we'd go further. And, of course, I was putting out everything I could to keep up with everybody, and they thought I was doing real good, but they weren't even breathing hard, and I was, you know, about, I was about maxed out. <clears throat> but I was I've been I've been hiking with my grandkids uh, you know when they were only 20 and 30 years old long long time ago they're all grown up now and I'd fall walking in steep country and they they were there to help pick me up but you see there's something wrong when you stumble huh when your knees give out and you're weak, something's wrong. You find out uh, that that's the case, and then you try to get that fixed. So when you stumble, something is haywire. And now he's talking about stumbling. Now that you can't get up again, but we all stumble in many ways, and it's because there's something wrong. It may just be beginning. It might be multiple sclerosis. It might be something else. You don't know. We all stumble in many ways. I see some of you are excluding yourself real quick. Not me. But it says we all do. If anyone does not stumble, now he gets very specific, and you don't like that either, do you? Now, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's picking on the one thing where, for sure, almost everybody, if not everybody, stumbles and says things that they regret. Sometimes you regret for something that you didn't say. But most of the time you regret having said something that you wish you hadn't of. We all talk too much. Some of you are agreeing. Some of you are saying, no, not me. <laughs> but isn't that true? We, we all talk too much. And we talk too much and we get ourselves into trouble. So if anyone does not stumble in what he says, 
He's a what? A perfect person, perfect man. And if one, he, he goes on, he really nails you here. If you do not stumble in what you say, at any time, you are a perfect person. You've got everything together in life. All the, every element of life, you know, is nailed down. If you're able to do that and go through life that way, then you are able to bridle the whole body. You have nothing to worry about in life if you can control your tongue. Hard for us to get a hold on that, isn't it? The key to perfection. That's the key for being everything you can possibly be and to bringing all of your life into control is to learn how to talk properly. Talking according to what we talk for, the purpose of language. So we are learning here the, the establishment God has placed upon the ownership of words and becoming responsible for them. <coughs> and if we can get a handle on that, then one is able to bridle the whole body. If you can control the tongue. Well, that seems like a feasible thing, but let's go on. Verse 3. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct how much of the horse is directed when we put a bit in its mouth. You know what a bit is? Can anybody explain what a bit is? Danny, can you explain what a Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and... When you have that with the reins, how much of the body is controlled by what you put in its mouth? So, so far the Bible is speaking true, eh? If we put the bits into the house horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct how much of that horse? The whole thing. Now, I've never tried that with chickens. But I know with a horse. <clears throat> now he goes on to say, now that's an illustration. You can all get it. I mean, they knew what a horse was. They knew what a bit was. They knew what a bridle was. You all do here. And you know that when you control the mouth with that bit, you control the whole body. He's trying to get a point made. I hope you all catch on. Verse 4. Now look at the ships also. Of course, I was raised in a harbor, uh, Marshfield, Oregon, world's capital of lumber exporting to China, I mean to Japan, back in the early days. <clears throat> Largest exporting harbor in the United States at that time. Not anymore, it's defunct. A lot of ships coming and going. Look at the ships. They're big. 
flocks long. And though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, so now here he's talking about rather than diesel, these were wind-driven ships, are still directed by a very small rudder. And that little rudder, is de- how it goes is determined by whom? The pilot. Now, isn't that the way it is? Isn't that real life? So he's pulling from real life something to give you an idea of what he's talking about when he's talking about words and mouth. So in verse 5, so also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts great things. Anyone argue with that? So far we're on good track. a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. You know, it only takes one match to burn down 100, 100 miles of woods. He wants us to pop about what he's saying. want to rush foundation. We have to establish the ownership of words and the effect that they can have. The forest is such a small fire, and he narrows it down to the application of what we're talking about, and the tongue is a fire. It's the very world of iniquity. because all my friends use it. I'm going to invite them to church in case you start throwing too many tomatoes. Tongue is a fire. It's a very world of iniquity. We have to learn Jesus said it like words that come out of your mouth and out of the abundance of the heart, the what speaketh. The mouth speaks. Let's get language into control. That's the first thing. Let's cut out the cut out let's cut out language that doesn't take us anywhere. Profanity. I don't know. I, 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 I just don't know where in the hell heck is. Haven't found that out. But we have to realize that when we take ownership of words, it means that we are using words that have a meaning to them, and we use them in the right sense the best we know how. 
And it's when we fail that we stumble. And we need to eliminate the things that just don't get us anywhere in our thinking to some objective. That's why profanity is so useless. We can Anything that can be said can be said without it. And we don't need to be using it, nor its substitute in, in slang. We don't have to go that way. We can overcome it. <clears throat> the tongue is a fire. It's the world, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body. You got a dirty mouth, you got a dirty body. see that but that's by inspiration folks the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body clean up your speech that just doesn't mean not limiting to it to profanity but it means that our speech should have content children need to learn at the young age that not to just babble but to speak things that make sense, that go somewhere. There's two laws to the English language and to any language. Two laws. How many of you know who, what those two laws are? And it's the word for Jesus. Logos. The word who became Jesus is our word logic. Jesus is the form of rational, propositional language. That's what the word means. It comes from the word logic. There are two laws in the language that are the sum total of what the word logos or logic means. Who can name the two laws? Good. Oh, that's the first one. She all oh, you no don't, don't go to number two. You Oh, you did remember. Shall I give her an A? Yes. Should I let her cook lunch? No. <laughs> okay, the, the first the first law and this is violated so often. The first law is how did you express it? Together. That means, you know, oranges belong with oranges and you don't mix apples. Logical thinking, the first law is that you talk about in any language, all languages, the same rules apply. You bring things together that relate to one another, that are correlated. See that? Lost so many conversations. You got people going from here, then they're jumping over here, going from there, pulling something out over there. They don't have any correlation with what we're talking about because they fail that first law. You bring things together that belong together and that that are related. What's the second law? And by the way, this is what why they chose that word to tell us something about Jesus in John one one. 
in the beginning was the Logos. And that Logos in verse 13 becomes flesh. We know who that was. It was Jesus. So in the beginning was the Logos. In the beginning was rational thinking. That's what the word means, Logos. It means that there are laws of conversation, of communication, and we have to keep them. So the first one is, assemble things together in any conversation that belong together. And if you're talking about cars, car parts, what don't you bring in? Yeah, gun parts, you know, or something else. They don't belong together. Okay, that's the first thing to learn. Little kids need to learn that. The second law is what? Is that everything that's logical and every in a conversation, it becomes a conversation when you have all of the like things together and that it has direction. That's the second law. Conversation that constitutes real conversation and communication has to be going somewhere. Now, what does that do with gibberish? Eliminates it. What, you know, empty talk. It doesn't go anywhere. So the, first, the second law is that when you're talking and you're making conversation, it has to be going somewhere. Otherwise, it's just jab, jabbering. How much of our conversation is always based on having all like things together and secondly, is always going somewhere, has a direction? That's the second law, and that's built into that word logic, which means the word which is Christ. He's rational thinking, and that's what is involved in rational thought. You got it? How many, how many, who can repeat it? What's the first law of like, like things brought together? What's the second one? Has a direction. Anything else is just empty talk. And how many of you feel like a lot of what we talk about is just empty? Because it doesn't have those two elements. But that's what Jesus came to express to us about God. And so what he brought to us were things that relate to each other. I mean, that that are all in agreement with each other. Like things are brought together with Jesus. And he's going somewhere. That's why, folks, when, remember, at the end of his ministry, Mary Magdalene came to him, believed to him, and what did he say? Well, he was a little rude. He said, get away from me. He said, I can't stay here. I'm not the reason I'm here. Really? Well, read it. It's in Luke. Read it. I'm not the reason I'm here. It's the mission that I came to do is why I'm here. He had a purpose. It was to establish a mission. I mean, mean, to complete a mission, which was the establishment of his kingdom and of the church, which was to be his bride. He had a function in mind. He had a purpose in mind. So is it then 
make sense that his name is Logic? Logos? Logos? Okay, let's read on. We're not quite done here with our text. So, verse, and the tongue is a fire, the world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the whole body. And the way we avoid that and keep ourselves into tune with what it says back in verse 2 is to know that the things we are talking about relate to one another and that we are heading somewhere with that conversation. That doesn't mean that every time we talk we have to do that, but that's what constitutes biblical language or conversation. And when we violate that, we throw the rules out, then it's when we get into trouble. So the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body. And it sets on fire the course of our life. So you see, a course of life is set by how we learn to talk. The language, the purpose of language. And it is set on fire fire by hell. Here's where I wish we had the Greek so I could show it to you, but I'm not going to go there because I can't demonstrate it to you, but someday we'll have that set up. So, does that look like it's getting to be an important issue? He said, if you can't get this together, if you can't get how you talk and how you form your language and your communication, you can't get anything together. Look at people who are very, very successful, and they can't even talk without using profanity. You wonder, how do they do it? Or, 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 yeah, or they have a teleprompter, you know. And that's because, you know, they don't trust how they think. Don't blame them. I'd use a teleprompter too. Now, that doesn't mean one ought not be prepared. So let's look at verse 7. Now we're not done yet. But folks, we got to get on, we got to get in tune with the importance of why this began back under the old law in Exodus 20 verse 16 to establish the ownership of words. Words are cheap. We look at verse 7, for every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But now notice verse 8, this is a downer. I mean, this is a real downer. You can tame the cougar, you can tame the bear. I've never seen a rattlesnake team that I'd trust. And I don't know about you, but I've never been involved in training any of the creatures of the sea. But he says he's he's not leaving anything out. It's possible to tame anything, I think is what he's saying. Is tamed and has been tamed, or has been, so that means they've been able to do it. Tamed by the human race, but notice verse 8. No one can tame 
finger. But that isn't what he said. Oh, they, you, you don't have any pets? Oh, no? Well, if you get one, swat it. Okay. No one can tame the what? The tongue. You never know where your tongue is going to go. No one can tame the tongue. You can never turn your back on your own tongue because it will get you every time. One has to always be thoughtful about their words, and we have to remember that we have ownership of our words, and we will stand by them or we will fall by them. That's ownership of your words. no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. It just can't be quiet. Very specific. You're not going to like this. With this we bless, and the word bless here is the word eulogy. I hate to... You know, there's two words. One is eulogy that are both translated blessed in your Bible, and how are you going to know which one is what? This is the word eulogy, and the other one is markorios, and they are translated blessed, blessed, the same, and you never know the difference, and they're opposites. How are you going to know? This word means how you speak. The other word means a state of condition a state of contentment. This one has to do with what is verbalized. That's why he's using it in this context. The one in Matthew 5, blessed are the poor, that's the word makorios, and that means a state of contentment. Whole different story, different word. But they're all, they're all translated the same. Totally different. Anyway, with it now, with this tongue, Now he's describing here to you and to me what he means that we have a hard time with our control of it because on one hand, we speak well of our Lord and Father. Oh yeah, God's great. God is good. But on the same, out of the same mouth, Neighbor has been made in the likeness of God. So how do you think you have such good control over? Huh? You say good things about God, but your neighbor who's been made in his likeness and in his image, the same as everybody else in town, you curse or you speak evil of. I just don't like him. He's a Republican. Well, you know, whatever. 
He is so practical. Folks, this is practical Christianity. We've got to hurry, got to close real quick. Verse 10. From the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought to be learned how to do and to accentuate them throughout your life. Is that how your Bible reads? No. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. He said, when I talk about the evil of the tongue and its potential, I'm talking about, on one hand, you talk good about God, and you talk evil about your neighbor. Just in verse 11, does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? And can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh? Now, he said, that's the crux of the matter. That's the issue. We have to take control and ownership of our words. And when we do so, we then come toward reaching and achieving some element of perfection in life because if you've got that under control, as he's described here, you can bring everything else into control as well. But until you master that, you haven't got master over anything. We're done. No, I'm not done. I'm quitting. Anybody going to come back? I want to know whether to show up myself next week or not. <laughs> okay. What? I said, oh, give it a shot. I might, I might try it. All right, let's sing number 303, My Savior's Love. Let's stand as Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.